Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. I got one more in me. You ready to hear it? It's Independence Day weekend, so I thought that this would be fitting. I want you to turn your Bibles to Numbers, the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, fourth book in the Bible, Numbers chapter 14, verses one through four. I want you to hold that and I want you to put your finger on John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that's the New Testament, chapter eight, verse, starting at verse 31, 31, 32, and 36, but we'll read Numbers. So you got Numbers 14 and John 8. So we're going to read a little Old Testament, we're going to read a little New Testament, and we'll see what we can find Jesus in the middle. Amen? Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 4 read like this. (laughs) I love this stuff. That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. Why the Israelites got to sound like that? If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better, this is crazy, wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? (laughs) And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. How many of you know, cool church, we ain't going back. We moving forward in Jesus' name, amen? I ain't going back. You look at your neighbor and say, I ain't going back to Egypt. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like because you picked them second. I'm just kidding. Say, I ain't going back. (laughs) John chapter 8, verses 31, 32, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 36. I'll show you how these verses connect. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen? Amen? If you're taking notes on this first message uh, of Cool Summer on, it, on this Independence Day weekend, I've entitled it this, Freeborn. Freeborn. I hope so. Freeborn, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every human that was going to be in this place today. I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray you set somebody free today. 
free from generational curses, free from bondage, free from addiction, free from their past, free from loss, free from hurt, free from pain. I pray that who the sun sets free today is free indeed. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone set? Everyone set? Take about five seconds to give Jesus Christ a shout of praise in this place. Come on. July 4th. Who's excited they got a day off tomorrow? Make some noise. July 4th, 1776. 13 colonies decided to claim their independence from their mother country, England. And it eventually led to the formation of the United States of America, what I believe to be the greatest nation in the entire world. If you believe that, say amen. She's like, I don't know about that. They got it wrong the first time. That's why we needed Juneteenth, Pastor. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> you may not know. Ask yourself, would you, would you rather live somewhere else? <laughs> Depends on the health benefits. <laughs> Each year, July 4th is known as Independence Day. And there's a lot of things we could say about America. I actually agree with you. It's a great nation, but I'm here because I choose to be here. We can all go somewhere else. But we're here because we've made a decision to be here. And I, I just don't want you to forget, with all the barbecue you may eat tomorrow, with all the sand that may get up in your toes as you're on the beach tomorrow, with all the fireworks that you may hear explode and the songs about America, I, I don't want you to forget what real freedom is. Because depending on who you ask about America, they'll give you a different idea about how, they, how free they actually feel here. So because there's so many different notions about what freedom is in this country, I want you to really get a good understanding about true freedom that you can only find in Christ. Like I love freedom and I love living in this nation. I love that we are free to assemble. It is a right that we have in this country. There are literally places that you go in the world right now and this gathering is illegal. We have freedom of assembly. And I think it's so beautiful, but freedom can be a very scary thing for a lot of people. Freedom sounds like something that we all want and I believe it's something that we should all desire to have, but the very notion of freedom is terrifying to some people. You say, oh, who, would, who would be scared of, why did they fear freedom so much? Why do people have cases of eleutherophobia? Why do people fear freedom? Why is freedom so intimidating for people? Three things I want you to catch and we'll get out of here. And hopefully if you have a fear of freedom today, I pray that you find true freedom in Christ. But the first is this, you fear freedom because you'd rather have routine. You fear freedom 
because you'd rather have routine. Look at Numbers 14 verses 1 and 2 briefly. As we already have read the passage, I want to review Numbers 14, 1 and 2. It says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if we had only died in Egypt. You know what they were in Egypt, right? They were enslaved people. They would rather, instead of go through the wilderness towards the promised land, they would rather go back to being enslaved. Why would people wandering the wilderness want to go back to Egypt? Because Egypt was the routine. Egypt was the routine that they were used to. Even if it wasn't a routine they were happy about, at least they knew what to expect in Egypt. They didn't know what to expect in the wilderness. God was throwing crazy stuff at them every day, but in Egypt, even if they were whooping me, even if they were making me build things I didn't want to build, at least I know I got three hots in a cot. At least I know what to expect from these people that call themselves master. And you have to see these verses in context to the ones in the New Testament that I read for you. And if Egypt is, is symbolic for a routine, I also want you to understand that Egypt is symbolic for religion. It's symbolic for religion. And here's the thing, so many people want religion, but religion is not freedom. Religion is not freedom. Because here's what religion does. It tells you where to go. It tells you when to go there. It tells you where to sit. It tells you how to sit there. It tells you how to dress. It tells you how to act in that dress. It tells you what to say. I am blessed and highly favored in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like there's some people right now and, and like, like I love you to death and I, I don't listen. Everybody that comes in here, man, yo, come as you are, all that fun stuff. There's people that are used to church because they're used to religion and they come in here and they have a hard time even listening to me right now because of what I'm wearing. There's no way the Holy Spirit could get through that sweatshirt to his heart. Jesus didn't wear Jordans. He might if he lived in 2022. People are allowing the routine of religion to stop them from receiving a word from God. The word that I read tells me when the word goes forth, it does not return void. So you would allow religion or routine to stop you from, stop you from receiving something that has the power to penetrate anything? You, you see, some people are just way too comfortable, way too comfortable knowing what to expect in life. And this is what religion does for you. It gives you a comfort because you know what's coming. You get this, you live in this comfort zone. The issue I have with the routine of religion is that you think you have something to do with the way things are. Because what religion would teach you is you can earn your way. You can live your way. You can do better, you can dress better, you can talk better, you can be better, and then you will be acceptable to God. Religion 
wants you to get into a routine of stuff that does not even move the heart of God. God's more concerned with your heart than your clothes. He's more concerned with the way you think than your speech. God focuses and reflects on the things that are internal. The external things are manifestations of a deeper thing on the inside. And that is the thing that God cares about the most. But religion would tell you, you can do enough to be the best version of yourself. That's why we, that's, that, I, this, this thing like drives me crazy because people got this stuff like, oh, I'm a, I'm a life coach and I, I'm gonna teach people how to give them, themselves self-help. If you can help yourself, what would you need God for? It's like self-help? No, I need Holy Ghost help. Because I know me, I can't help myself. I have not been a good help to myself, y'all. When I help myself, it's a mess. I need Holy Spirit help. I don't need self-help. But religion will make you believe that you can be better. That you can do enough to be better. You can learn the lingo. You can do all this stuff and be better. By the Israelites saying they wanted to go back to Egypt, what they were really saying is that they wanted to take their lives and their destinies into their own hands because the roller coaster of the wilderness that God was allowing them to go through was too much for them. We can't control this, so we don't want this. The things you can't control require faith. So when you have no faith, what do you do? You believe in yourself. I want to go back to Egypt because at least I knew what was happening there. I've, I've built up a tolerance to my enslavement. I built up a tolerance so I could deal with it. But all this stuff, God, you want us to fight them? You see how big they are? God, you want us to take this territory? God, you want us to get water from a rock? God, you want us to walk through a sea? This too much, God. That requires faith. But going back to being a slave doesn't require you to do anything than what you've already done. The problem with religion is people find security in these cycles. Things that are secular in nature only bring you back to a point. They do not move you forward. And if you're not careful, religion or routine can imprison you. It'll imprison you in a routine that you will be destined to walk out for the rest of your days if you do not have faith to step outside of the routine. Because the reality is prison ain't the only prison. There's so many prisons. And I counsel enough people to know, I hear them talk about him, Pastor, I'm going I'm to stay with him. I'm going to stay because, cause like, I know, like, everybody told me I should leave him. I know he abusive and stuff, and he done pulled me away from all the people that love me, and he got me by myself. Like, I know, I know, but I'm better off with them because maybe I get somebody else that will treat me worse. Don't settle for that relationship prison. Don't, don't let anybody in this world make you believe that you are nothing without them. 
That's a prison. And if they tell you that, they're a liar and the truth ain't, and you run, girl, run. It ain't just sis, fellas, run. You ain't nothing without me. I was the only one that believed in you. I believed it in you, and I made you better. You ain't nothing without me. Fellas, run. She crazy. Take it from your pastor. Don't let nobody become the alpha and the omega in your life. That ain't Jesus. <laughs> Relationship prison. Well, Pastor, like, I don't want to pay attention to, to my bills because if I don't see them, I don't have to acknowledge them. And if I don't acknowledge them, then are they really real? Are they, just because you don't acknowledge something don't make it real, don't make it not real. It's real, you just ignoring it. And while you're ignoring it, all the things that are attached to that thing that was supposed to be a symbol of stewardship are destroying you. I don't wanna pick up the phone when the creditor calls. You better pick it up and start to deal with that. You better deal with that. Some of y'all in credit prison. And if you ain't careful, eventually you're gonna be in poverty prison. Because you don't wanna acknowledge something that's right there. You can break the cycle, you know. You, you can break the cycle. You don't have to, man, I, I love the Mathis twins, man. I like Josh and Jeremy. I love y'all, man. And if you don't follow them, like, I don't even promote people. Like, just follow them, like, online if you're not following them. Like, if you want to learn, like, how to break the cycle and how to live in prosperity, like, I follow them. And I encourage them because they flipping more real estate than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And they are doing it for the kingdom in Jesus' name. That wasn't a part of the message. I just saw you and I felt like I had to say something. I'm just saying follow them. Learn from, hey, don't be a hater. Learn from people that are doing things better than you. Break the cycle of hate. Break the cycle of poverty. Break the cycle of comparison and celebrate people that are doing something better than you. Man, I'm not gonna hate on my brothers when I know they're killing it. But you get stuck in that, that, that cycle. I, I, I'm tired, I hear stuff, man. I be hearing stuff. Oh, uh, Nobody likes me, so I'm just better off on my own. I don't need anybody. Nobody needs me. Don't settle for that lonely prison. Because that lonely prison could lead to a depression prison. It make you feel like you're not worthy to be here when God made you for a purpose. On purpose, by purpose, for purpose. What solitude can do, solitude can heal you if you have the right perspective, but if you have the wrong perspective, solitude can destroy you. This is why we don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Because there's encouragement in the body. I can come and I can encourage my brothers and sisters and I can get encouraged too. I didn't say I'm taking time off just to sit by myself. No, we're taking time off so that we can be filled up, experience some things because we're trying to break the cycle. A lot of us get depressed because we're sitting in a prison of depression because we're sitting in the same cycles. Why do we do this though as humans? Our, our, our brains were literally created to create routines and pathways. They're called neural pathways. 
Your brain, so when this happens, your brain is actually doing what it's supposed to do. But the other thing that your brain can do alongside creating pathways is expand. It's called neuroplasticity. You've heard me talk about it before. So the way to break a cycle is expansion. Learn new things, experience new places, take in more information. For God's sake, read a book. If you don't like the pathways that your brain is creating, put more information in it. Expand. I'm just trying to give you practical stuff because a lot of this stuff sounds spiritual and things that are spiritual can be extremely practical. Break the cycle. If your brain is designed to make patterns, then you need to put in new information so your brain can develop new pathways. Don't allow your brain that's physical to put your spirit in the prison of routine religion. Don't allow it. Like, I don't know about you, but my God never wants me to get trapped in the prison of my mind. He always wants new for me. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Put new information in. Wake up every day and say, God, renew me. Don't let me see this situation as saying, God, change my paradigm. God, change my perspective. Allow me to see things differently than the way that I saw them yesterday, today, so that you can open up new pathways of opportunity for me. Renew my mind. But it's the same God that told the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, forget. That's a powerful word and, and, and a lot of us don't know how to do it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What I have found so often is people with no vision for the future will always revert to their past. And the prophet is trying to let us know, I'm giving you a real practical piece of advice here. Forget. You cannot forget the past if you have no vision for your future. I'm not, cause like, do things in my past happen? Yes. Is there things in my past I remember that are hard to get over? Yes. But the way that I learn to forget the past is by being so focused on my future that I don't have time to think about what happened in the past. The reason some of us keep going back to our past is because we have no plan. If you don't have a plan for the future, all you're going to do is go back to what you know in your past. Write it down. Make it plain. Tell somebody you trust to hold you accountable to it. So every time you want to go back to the old you, you got somebody saying, remember what you said? Remember what you said you were going to do? A lot of people don't do it because they're not confident enough in it to write it down or tell anybody that that's what they actually want to do because they want to give themselves license to go back to what they know. People with no vision for the future always revert to their past. This happens because 
although they haven't truly experienced freedom, the reason that they keep going back is because they think they know what freedom is, but they have no idea. You fear freedom because you think you know what freedom is. You think you know. This is the problem with the Israelites. Look at Numbers 14, verse 2. It says, if we had only died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Stop. What? If we had only died in Egypt or this wilderness. So they got out of Egypt, right? And what is Egypt? It's routine. It's religion. They got out of that. And that was the first part of them gaining their freedom. Like some of y'all want freedom, but first you got to get out of something. Right? So they had to get out. They got to get out. They had to break the cycle. Right? They had to get out of the routine. But that was only the first part of gaining freedom. Sometimes we can break a routine and fool ourselves into thinking we're free. Just because you broke a routine does not mean you have full freedom. It does not. You see, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't put distance between you and routine, you will more than likely go back to the routine. So breaking free is not, it's just the first part. You need, you need more than that. So they gained freedom, but the other part was once they broke free from the cycle of Egypt, they had to go through the wilderness and get out of the wilderness. But what did they do in the wilderness? They wandered. How many of you know wandering isn't freedom? Oh, man. Wandering is not freedom. I wish you understand how important that was. Some of us have gotten out of Egypt. I broke the cycle. I'm free. And you wandering and all kind of stuff. Those that wander have no vision. Those that, that wander don't have a, a destination. There's not an intentional place they're trying to go to. They're wandering. The very essence of wandering is moving without direction. <laughs> wandering is not freedom. They thought they were free, but they had no idea. And this is, what does this look like in 2022? I'm, I'm gonna tell you what it looks like. It looks like these statements that people make. Oh, pastor, I'm free. I could do what I want to do, when I want to do it. I could do who I want to do, when I want to do them, be where I want to be, say what I want to say, freedom of speech. I could do what I want, when I want to do it. You're not free, you're a wanderer. I'm master of my own destiny. Really? I don't want to be master of my own destiny. I want God to be the master of my destiny because he is the author and the perfecter of my faith. I'm not a good author. Too many people confuse wandering with freedom and end up wandering farther away from God because they feel like the further they go, the more free they are, when in actuality, they have just left one master for another. <laughs> I broke this cycle. Let me wander a little bit right into another cycle. There's other stories in the Bible that corroborate the point I'm making. Look at the prodigal son. He broke out. I'm free from dad's house. <laughs> and what did he do? He wandered. And he, he didn't just wander. He wandered and squandered. 
your wandering will eventually lead to your squandering. He wandered. He did all kinds of stuff. He thought he was so free. He's like, he spent his whole inheritance out there in the world. I'm free. I do what I want. Look at my life on the ground. Selfie. We ain't see the pain behind the picture though. We just saw the snapshot. All the while, he put up the picture of him eating at the best restaurant. But when nobody was looking, he walked out and went to the pig trough. Because he wandered and he squandered. And he ended up getting farther away from the place he needed to be in the first place. And he left one master for another. <laughs> We assume that wandering is freedom. But look at what the Israelites say next. Numbers 14, 3, it says, Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? What? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Won't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Look at what, ha look what happens here. They say something very stupid, but in, 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 like sometimes in the midst of people's uh, stupidity, they can actually say something really brilliant. <laughs> you are. That's, that's, that's interesting that you can acknowledge that. But you were okay with thinking that the journey was going to end before you even went inside the promised land? Like, God, why would God take you from some place to kill you in another? That's not his plan. That wasn't his design. They made that up. So they knew God delivered them. They knew that God delivered them from their past, but didn't think he had a plan for their future. Oh my gosh. I think some of us trust God to deliver us from our past, but we don't think that he can actually take care of your future as well. God is a deliverer, past, present, and future. He can't just, he, he oh. like stop dumbing down my God, man. If he can do one thing, he can surely do the other. They trusted him enough to get them out. How do I know they trusted him? Because the Bible said they cried out to him, God, hear us, help us. He sends Moses and they get out, but they don't trust him to get him to the place he said he was going to take them. When we get there, they're going to plunder our wives and our children and they're going to kill us. That's not what God said. That's what you said. That's what you said. There's a lot of people that can acknowledge what God has done, but cannot acknowledge what God is doing. You've seen the power in the past, but you, 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 you can't acknowledge that God has power for your future as well. And if I, could, if I could just give somebody a word today that could bless them, God does not want to just get you into the promised land. He wants you to live in the promised land. God does not want to just get you to the promised land. He wants you to occupy the promised land. It's two totally different things. He doesn't just want to get you there. He wants you to thrive there. I remember when Vava was real small, Joanne and I took her to Disney, her first Disney trip ever, man. She was so excited. She could barely speak English. She was just in the back. He, And she like really didn't fathom where we was going, but she had seen pictures of Mickey and seen the cartoons and stuff. So the long road, she slept for half of that. But man, when we pulled through the gates of Disneyland, oh my gosh, she saw the big sign that said Disney World. She saw the, the Mickey ears. 
we drove through the gates. And I mean, she was about to burst out of her car seat at the time. We pulled up to the Aladdin parking lot. And man, they had the characters outside like, ha ha, hello. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I need a vacation, y'all. And she was, this is Vava, man. She's freaking out. She's like, finally, the things I saw in the cartoons. She's freaking out. And man, I pulled into the parking lot and she was about to take her seat belt off. And as I pulled into the parking lot, I pulled right out of the parking lot. I turned around and I drove back home. Y'all think I'm crazy. That's the stupidest story of all time because no one would ever do that for a child. She would be traumatized every time she saw the cartoon. No, Mickey, no! Because her crazy daddy got her all the way to somewhere but didn't let her enjoy it. I wish somebody would be in this room with me today to understand if God takes you somewhere, he wants you to experience the fullness of whatever that promise is. If it's a business, walk in your promise. If it's a relationship, walk in your promise. If it's finance, walk in your promise. If it's a house, walk in that promise because God is not going to get you all the way there and take away what he has promised you. If you believe it, Amen. It's not the God I serve. He doesn't just want to get you there. He wants you to occupy it. He wants you to enjoy. Like, man, when Christians don't enjoy their life, it's sad to me. You think God delivered you from your nonsense to you? for you to walk around miserably? Lord help me today, please man. Like put a freaking smile on your face. Even when it's hard, because it's better than whatever God already delivered you from. Oh man. Like, no one would ever do that to a kid, man. But that's what the Israelites wanted to do. He got them out. He got them too. Hey, Canaan's right there. All you got to do is take it. Now nah, we want to go back. Why? Why? We want to go back. But I can't, I can't just, like, ridicule the people of the past because there's people in the present that do the same thing. That's what people do in church every Sunday. They come in and they leave, but they never stay long enough to experience the fullness. They never stay long enough to develop a relationship. So their perception of church is skewed because when they were here for the second they were here, they had a bad experience that will never give them the freedom 
that a relationship will, but you cannot develop a relationship if you have not spent proper time in a place. Happens every week because they say things like, uh, somebody, I walked in and they, they gave me a look. So I ain't come back. <laughs> Nobody said hi to me. You sure or you just wasn't paying attention? Did you hear that song they played? Mm-mm. That ain't gospel. That's that Wahite church stuff. Y'all know about the Wahite tribe. If you don't, ask somebody later. <laughs> they talk about, they gossip that people, they be gossiping about people at that church. How you know I had heard? Stop. You part of the gossip. I'm I'm not being fed. You ain't eating. I feed babies. I don't feed adults. Some grown stinking behind people that know how to open up a book and read it. And you want to be fed? You better learn how to eat. Because a closed mouth don't get fed. You, 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 you judge the church, but you don't sit around long enough to develop a real relationship in the church. Cool, what kind of name of a church is that? Hmm. <laughs> you ain't even stepping the doors. You, just, you like coming off the name? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what if you stayed? What if you stayed long enough to develop a relationship with somebody? What if you stayed long enough to find friends? What if you stayed long enough to serve in God's house? What if you stayed long enough to get in a connect group? What if you stayed long enough to be developed into leadership? What if you stayed long enough to one day take this mic from my hand because the only way I got it is because I stayed somewhere long enough to get it. Don't look at it and judge, don't judge it from the outside. At least if you're gonna judge it, at least be on the inside long enough. Be here long enough. And what I can promise, I can't promise you nobody's gonna hurt you along the way. Why? Because the church is not a building. The church is people and church doesn't hurt people. People hurt people. You around people long enough, even the ones you love, you, ha you might get hurt. But man, if you could start seeing the God in people, instead of seeing the things that people have done in the name of God, then you know what you'll have? Grace. Grace for people. Ah, oh, my sis messed up. That's all right. I know she ain't mean it. She's probably just having a bad day. I still love Jesus, though. I know pastor told me I need to eat. You know what I'm talking about? You said it probably kind of mean, but it's all right. This is his last day preaching for a while, so I give him some grace. Stick around long enough to get to know me. Stick around long enough for us to get to know each other because we're better together. This place was designed to build strong families and build strong people, build strong futures. You can't build the family if you're not around them long enough. I know some people may have come in here for your first time. This may be a lot, but I promise you, if you stay long enough, hopefully 
you can understand that this place is about family and loving you to your greatest potential in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so, Pastor, it's not easy. It's not. It's not. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you like it is. It's not easy, but guess what? The hardest part's been done. The hardest part has been done so that you wouldn't have to. So the last thing I got to ask you is, can you accept that truth, though? Can you accept it? You see, some people fear freedom because they don't want the truth. They don't want it. Truth is, freedom was not easy to come by. But the even greater truth is, Jesus is freedom. Period. Freedom is not what you made it. Freedom is him. Freedom is Jesus, which brings us to the New Testament. So we've heard about how people in the past got out of Egypt but couldn't get Egypt out of themselves. But now we hear about their descendants. In John 8, verse 31, 32, and 36, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Why did I put these two verses together in context? Well, for one, you got to know, we all have some type of understanding of what Jesus had to do to give us freedom. We've been singing about it today. He had to take the rough road up a hill with a cross on his back, and he had to die for us to have freedom. But the verses that I just read to you in John chapter 8, verses 31, 32, and 36, it transcribes a conversation, and you can read all of John chapter 8 if you want. You can see the whole conversation. I'm just giving you a nugget, but I challenge you to go back in your Bible and read the whole conversation between Jesus and these people that he was talking to but it transcribes a conversation Jesus is having with the same people whose ancestors would rather go back to Egypt than experience the freedom of the promised land. They, they literally, without even realizing it, were suffering from eleutherophobia. They were suffering from a fear of freedom because they looked at Jesus and they said stuff like, man, we've never been slaves to anyone. So as a matter of fact, we're, we're descendants of Abraham. They had been devout Jews. They had been ingrained, indoctrinated. They had been, 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 been very, very adamant about walking out the faith of Judaism. And they held the standards of the law because that's what they had been required to do ever since they were kids, and they learned the law from their ancestors. The same people that said, while they were at the gate of the promised land, we should go back to Egypt. Their descendants, their children's 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 children are now standing in front of Jesus. And Jesus says, y'all think y'all free? You have no idea. Y'all ain't free. We're descendants of Abraham. You still ain't free. We followed the law. You're not free. 
We, we, no, we were born free. Actually, y'all are slaves. This is the conversation that Jesus is having with them. And just like their ancestors, they couldn't even accept that freedom was standing right in front of them. They have freedom right in front of them. He said, if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Say, hey, I know your descendants, Abraham. I know you know the law, but you're not free until you accept me. No, no, whoever you are, you got it wrong. No, I, I've never been a slave my entire life. I've been born free. They were so stuck in their routine of religion that they thought they knew what freedom was. They said that they were children of Abraham and they were not illegitimate children. And they literally, you can read it for yourself, they argued with Jesus because they couldn't grasp that freedom was standing right in front of their face. I know too many people that fear freedom. And you know why they fear it? Because they fear Jesus. Got freedom in front of you. You're not what makes me free. Why, why they fear Jesus? He never did anything to anybody. Here's why people fear Jesus, and they won't say that they fear Jesus, but they'll say things like this. I ain't ready to accept Jesus now because if I accept him, I got to live up to his standards. Like if people know I'm a Christian, I got to start showing it. I got to start acting like it. If if I accept Jesus, I can't do the stuff that I used to do. Jack, like, I just, just, just let me live a little bit first, Pastor. I'm going to come next week. I promise. I'm going to die. You know, I'm going to come. I'm going to hit live this Sunday, but I'll be there next Sunday. I'm going to come. I'm coming. Pastor, I'm coming. I'm going to get there, I promise. Like, I just, I got to do some stuff first. And they won't say that they fear freedom, but they are scared to lose the cycle that they've made for themselves. <laughs> if I accept him, I got to live up to his standards. And if I can be honest, Pastor, I'm just not ready to do that right now, man. I, I got I to figure some stuff out first. I got to do some stuff. I got to get, like, I can't even walk into a church right now, Pastor. You know me, like, let me, let me get myself right first, and then I'm going to come. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me do that. I believe those folks have a fear of freedom because they're suffering from a lack of information. They fear Jesus because they're suffering from a lack of information. And honestly, I can't blame them. I don't look at them and be like, man, you're an idiot. I look at them, I say, I understand. You know why I understand? Because they've had so many bad experiences with us that we have turned people off to him. I want to be Christian. But I see how Christians act. Like I'm cool with Jesus, but if I gotta act like them to let everybody know that I'm cool with him, I don't want it. Like, like I gotta lose my cool to, to, to be with Jesus. I ain't no pastor. Like I gotta, I gotta do all that weird stuff that y'all do. Like, I've been to a church one time and I ain't gonna lie, I rolled in from the club, so you know I I, I smelled like I was on that gas the night before, because I was. Oh, I smell like I had Casamigos on my breath, because I did. And I said hi to somebody, and they gave me a look like I wasn't supposed to be here, but I thought this was the place for messed up people. 
I thought, I thought Jesus like, I thought like, I, I don't know my Bible that well, but I did hear one time say that this place was a hospital. But people, people had treated me like I was supposed to already be well before I came in. So they fear Jesus, why? Because they fear us. They fear the way that we have walked out this thing. And I, I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that on the chin because I know I could be better. I'm never going to claim to have it all figured out. I promise you I won't. And I pray that in these next few weeks, God deals with my spirit in so many different ways. I want to be more humble. I want to be more loving. I want to be more accepting. I want to be, be, be more embracing. I want to be more broken than I've ever been. I want that because I want that when people see me, they recognize some of Jesus in there. And they say, I want whatever he's got. Because who I could, I could tell that who he's got is different than who I've seen. I can't blame them when they have bad experiences because we've given them the experience. And they're only doing what the Israelites did. The Israelites were scared to go into the promised land because they got bad intel on the promised land. They sent out spies and spies came back. There's giants there. Their walls are heavily fortified. So the Israelites did not go into the promised land because of bad intel. But today Christians don't, uh, they don't accept the promised man, Jesus, because of bad intel they get from us. Say, where you going with this pastor? So how do you break free from that cycle? How do you break free from the prison of eleutherophobia? How you break free? Doctors would tell you there's only one way to break free. Information. If you want to break a fear of freedom, if you want to break any fear, information. Information is the way to break fear. That's, and, and, and like, even as I say it, like just think about it on a practical level. Don't you feel better when you have information? Especially if I'm doing something I've never done before. If I know something, I feel a little better about it. I might not know everything, but I know enough. And I'm like, all right, at least I'm, I'm going in with this expectation because I have information. I'm still nervous, but I feel better when I have information. And I found that so many people remain enslaved to things due to a lack of information. How many people who were enslaved would have remained slaves if they knew they outnumbered their masters. Nat Turner figured it out. How many enslaved would remain slaves if they allowed them to read? Because the Bible is what opened Nat's eyes. How many people would be patrons to the sex industry? if they had better information, if they understood how many families are being destroyed because of it. How many people would participate in the sex industry if they felt like they had another way out? If they felt like they had another option? Just lack the information. How many people would come to church if they just knew that their life could be better than what it is right now? They just had better information. How many 
people would come to faith in Jesus if they knew that religion was not the goal. Just a lot of bad information out there. How many people in church would invite people outside the church if they knew when they met that person, this was this last person's opportunity? Like better information, like you always invite people when you have a sense of desperation about their situation. But when you don't know, when they got a smile on their face and you think everything is okay, you're like, ah, they'll be all right. But if you know, man, if I don't invite this person today, they may not have a tomorrow. You change your response based on the information. Doctors would say information is the cure for eleutherophobia, but the Bible would say something different. It wouldn't just say information. It would say the right information. You know what the right information is? One word, truth. That's why it says, the truth shall set you free. It doesn't say the information will set you free, but the right information will. The truth will set you free. You see, though Independence Day celebrates a document signed on July 4th of 1776, it's not what gave us freedom. Because it said all men were created equal, but if you look like me, you were treated like property. Property. Because that document was not a kingdom document. It was a document that men made. It's a document that did not allow truly every person to be free and allow people to still operate in, un, in an inhumane manner to other people because they did not see them as people. They saw them as property. So all men are created equal was not meant for so many of us in this room. As much as I love this country, the truth is in the last 246 years, there's not been one document written that speaks to my freedom. But over 2,000 years ago, there was a document that was signed in blood that speaks to the freedoms of every man, woman, and child that will ever exist and has ever existed. For it is by the blood of Jesus that we are set free. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. But let me give you a little theology and let me break down a little Greek manuscript to you. When you see, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. The word free is used twice but means two totally different things. It sounds, if, if you're not careful, if the sun sets me free, I'm free. That sounds cool. But, but if you don't understand the Greek of the word free, eleuthro and eleuthros, that's why eleuthrophobia is the fear of freedom. Phobia is fear. Eleuthro is, is, is freedom, is free. Fear of freedom. Phobia, fear of eleuthro, free. But if you don't understand it, you don't really get the power of that verse. 
So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. No, if the sun sets you, L-E-U, throw, you will be free. You will be L-E-U, throws, indeed. If the sun sets you, L-E-U, throw, you will be L-E-U, throws, indeed. L-E-U, throw, to make free. Set at liberty from, it's not just freeing you, it's freeing you from something, from the dominion of sin. The first free frees you from sin. Look at what the second, oh, what the second free is what gets me excited. The first free frees me from sin. But the second free, L-E-U throws, you know what it means? Freeborn. In an ethical sense, free from the yoke of the Mosaic law. Jesus looked at them and said that they're not free until the sun sets them free because they're free indeed because he knew that they were not free from the law and they could not be free from the law because he had not yet died and poured out grace for them to be free from the law. He says, you're not free yet because I haven't even done everything I came to do. But if you put your faith in me, I got real freedom because I am real freedom. So you need to read this verse like this from now on with a better understanding. So if the sun sets you at liberty from the dominion of sin, you will be free born, free from the yoke of the Mosaic law indeed. I need somebody to understand that Jesus frees you. He takes the chains of sin off of you and you will be free to live in grace. Why? Because you are not just reborn. No, you must be free born. That's why the Bible says you must be born again because your first birth, it birthed you to the law. But when you are born again in Jesus, you are not freeborn. You are reborn. You are freeborn. So there is no yoke on you because the shackles of the Mosaic law can no longer hold you down because you are freeborn into his grace, freeborn into his sacrifice, freeborn into the shadow of the cross that sets you free indeed. If you believe it, say amen. I don't want to just be born. I need to be born again. My first birth birthed me into sin, but my second birth, I became freeborn. The chains of sin are no longer on me. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know where you came from, and I apologize. I went a little bit long, but if somebody really knew what it took for you to be free today, you would never discount your freedom again. The declaration of independence didn't make you free. It was the blood of Jesus. That makes you freeborn. Jesus, who the sun sets free, frees you from sin. The sun sets you free, you are free indeed. He frees you from sin to be born into his grace. It is only by his grace and mercies that we are saved. You can't do enough. You can't have enough religion. You can't sit in the routine long enough. 
all you got to do, what he was trying to get them to do is just accept the grace in the person of Jesus Christ. That's how you'll be free. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want somebody to answer the call that says, Pastor, I want to be freeborn. I want to be, I don't want to live in the routine. I don't want to live thinking I'm free. I want to live by the truth that the blood of Jesus freed me from the power of sin and gave me the grace to walk in that freedom, free from the law. I want to live freeborn today. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer, or maybe you did a long time ago and, and you've just been, been walking around in guilt and shame because you haven't been living like you're freeborn. You've been living like you have been submitting to guilt and the shame in your life. When you're freeborn, guilt and shame have no place. You might mess up, but you get back up knowing that you are free. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. If you want to be free born today, I'm not asking you if you need healing. I'm not asking you if you need a financial miracle. If you want to be free born in Jesus, it's pretty clear. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and listen, don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. That's why I got everybody with their eyes closed. They can't be born again for you. You have to make a decision to be born again. They can't make that decision for you. I'm worried about what they're going to say. Listen, their approval doesn't matter. God's does. Count of three. You want to be free born. Count of three, I want you to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me and God to see it. Hands already going up. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. Hold it up high. Don't be scared. I see you and 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 you. If your hands up, stand up. You say, what? Do it. Just do it. You already did the hard part. Just do it. Your hands up, stand up. Don't be scared. I'm so proud of y'all. Wow, 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 wow. I said all those you's so you know that you are not alone. I'm proud of you. 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 You already did the hard part. Come down here. Let me pray with you. Come on. Come on. Step from where you are to where you want to be. Come be free. Come be free. Come be free. Everybody get up on your feet right now. Start to clap for them. Start to clap for them. Come be free. Come be free in Jesus' name. you're still out there and you're like, ah, I ain't as bold as them. That's hard. That's okay. We family. Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, just grab them by the hand and walk down here with them so they ain't got to do it. But I just want to make sure. I want to make sure I know who I'm praying for. I'll give you five, four, there's no shame, three, two, yeah. They coming or they going? Okay, okay, okay. I want to make sure. Okay. One. Praise God. Reach your hands towards them. Now here. If you're down here, maybe you want to raise your hands up. Why? Just sign a surrender. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, when you confess with your mouth, 
that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead, you're saved. No one can take that away from you. No one. Don't let guilt and shame take it away from you. Don't let a cycle take it away from you. If you are free, free from sin, you are free to live in grace. In Jesus' name. Never forget the meaning of that passage. I want everybody to repeat this prayer here online with me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm so proud of all of you. Look at that sign right there. See what it says? Welcome to the family. You are free to be a part of the family of heaven. Here's what we're going to do. Come on. Let's go. Ah, ah. Try to get me. I got hands. I'm from Carroll City. I told you. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Bible in here, WWJD bracelet, a letter from me and Joe, uh, some cool stuff, and it's for you. I want to make sure you get this. Okay? All right. So you're going to walk out that door in a second. They're not getting raptured. They're not getting indoctrinated. They're not going to a cult. They'll be right there in the courtyard for you to go find them. Okay? I just want to give you a gift. And if you got questions about anything that just happened, like, yo, Pastor said that crazy prayer. What does that mean? Like, am I free? Am I? We got folks that can answer those questions. And if they can't, guess what? They're going to go to God's word. And they're going to point you to a place that's going to help you out. All right? So here we go. On the count of three, you're going to hear the loudest clap you ever heard in your life. I can't open up the, the, the ceiling and show you what heaven's doing right now. But the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. And they're cheering for you. They're cheering for you. They're cheering for you. They're cheering for you. So on the count of three, they're going to cheer. Y'all go here and y'all going to walk. Here we go. Let them know. You ready? One, two, three. Let them know how much God loves them. Let them know they're sons and daughters. Let them know that if the sun sets them free, they are free indeed. Come on, worship him. Worship him. Your stripes, my healing, our praise. Keep Jesus. Glory to God in heaven. Your blood still speaking. Your love still reaching. Our praise. Keep Jesus. Glory to God. If God did something in your life today, give him a shout of praise. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.